1: Welcome to Talking Halos. This is Derek C. Paul with my co-host, my partners in crime, Jared Timms, who looks a bit too relaxed where he is right there. If you are listening and not watching, he looks like he's about to go. Never mind. Nate, how are you doing? I'm good, Derek. Good to see you. How about you? How you doing, buddy? Living the flipping dream. Good. And apparently, I, I'm, tell me if I'm wrong. Maybe I missed it. Did I get to witness Albert Pujols' last home run?
2: As long Did as he, he hit, won hit the one in the last two games?
1: Well, I'm talking about like career like you know, career like numbers, 703, right? Postseason doesn't change that, right?
2: No, I won't change that.
1: So I got to see 703. So I may have witnessed in person holds his last home run.
2: How close were you to it?
1: Very far away. <sighs> <laughs> I sat behind home plate. We were up. Okay. Um and, and if you've ever most people who are listening to the show have probably never been to Pittsburgh Ballpark, but it's you know how Anaheim goes high like it's <laughs> nosebleed that's not how pittsburgh is built but build pittsburgh to me is probably a top five ballpark and one of the reasons why is, is you are closer than you think so i'm close i had a really good view of home plate but i mean he's hitting it out yeah down the line i see all that but it was pretty cool i'm realizing uh, hey i might be there for history and apparently i am unless he gets back next year i mean he's like 90 years old so <laughs> I mean, even hey, Jared even kind of smiled at that. You're the one who said he thought he looked 50. I thought it might be 90 going down the line of this walker.
3: I have no comment on that.
1: Okay. Well, we got a few things for you, but this is our end of the season. Just we're going to go snap, 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 snap. Best this, worst this, most this, most that. And we'll see what you think. Give us some feedback on the Talking Halo Twitter feed. Also, in on where, where we got Facebook. Uh, Any more podcasts we found? Just give us some feedback, or at talk at we would love to hear your feedback to our picks for the best and the worst of flip and everything. And my first one for you:
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over three hundred and fifty million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
1: Won't be painfully obvious except for the fact that a certain fishy guy came back and hit 40 home runs. So, Jared, who's your team MVP?
3: Uh, Shohei Otani. I almost had you there. Yeah, it's it's Otani. Otani's really freaking good. Like, I don't know how else to explain that one. Like, he was uh, as good as Trout was offensively. That's basically how good Trout or Otani was pitching. Um, And then Otani was also a hitter. I feel like I'm making this blatantly obvious. Yeah, Shohei Otani was really, really freaking good. I know we're gonna have a couple more podcasts about him and just his seasons in general because I mean, it's just unbelievable—a uh, season, a season that we've never seen before. And I think that a lot of people are forgetting about that. Like last year, he was really good. This year, he was really, really good. Like unbelievably good. I don't know how. Like Shohei Ohtani is my MVP for the year. I think it's, I think it's pretty, pretty simple. Second place is Andrew Velasquez.
2: At least he didn't say Kurt Suzuki. Uh. Go. Yep, same answer. Shohei Otani, I mean, he has to be the team MVP. Best pitcher on the team, best hitter on the team. Yeah, I know Trout came back and hit 40, but Shohei Otani was able to play 160, 162 games. Trout played 105 or whatever it was. So got be, to gotta be the guy who got to play the whole year and, had had insane numbers on the mound and offensively as well. So yeah, Shohei Otani's the team MVP.
1: Yeah, Otani for me, and it really comes down to his pitching. My gosh, when we—I don't think it kind of actually, in my view, flew under the radar at least from a national sense. I'm across the country, so for me, I mean, I'm not privy to all the local on him. But as good as we hear Shohei Otani is, because I'm far away from California, you don't really see it as much. His year was amazing. it was off the chain and if the angels win 10 more games this year then maybe we're having a different conversation about it. So, you know, I I was so Tommy. Now, next question. Biggest flipping disappointment for you. Nate, you go first. Biggest disappointment. Biggest Indivi- disappointment. Oh, hold on, pause. individual biggest individual disappointment there you go.
3: so the angels mm-hmm. as a whole can't be an answer yeah because that's different that's a different podcast all
1: right so today so
2: it's a close one for me but i'm gonna go jared walsh i know he had the injury and that's gonna be like people are gonna say oh well maybe it was the injury that's why he was so bad the entire year um i, I just think from what the angels were expecting what we as fans were expecting from walsh like you're expecting him to be able to, to hit four or five in the lineup and be able to to hit 250 to 270, put up third 25, 30 home runs, and just be part of that offense that, that made it feel like a little bit deeper uh, because Walsh hit about under 200 and and really with no power. That lineup felt like it was two or three hitters long, and, and we really want that thing to feel a lot deeper than that. So I, I'm going to say Jared Walsh.
3: Jared? Sure. I'm going to say someone who isn't on the team anymore. Um, just cause I think Jared Walsh is kind of who we not, he, he had a down year, but he was kind of in a sense who we thought he still is. Um, I'm going to say where I I know he's not on the team anymore, but, and, and I know you have to get to him, but it'd be nice. And Nate, I know you and I go back and forth on this. It'd be nice if your best reliever could pitch in different situations than just pitching in the ninth inning, you know, like the angels really lacked in a bullpen. Um, this season when Jimmy Herr gets one of your better relievers.
2: You spend $8.5 million on Aaron Loop. Don't blame it on Rossell Iglesias.
3: I know, but those guys weren't put in very good situations. They weren't put in the, the fact right that situations. We're, the,
2: but the fact that you're spending $8.5 million on a sixth inning guy is outrageous. You cannot blame Rossell Iglesias for Aaron Loop's shortcomings. You can't blame Ryan Tapera for Rossell Iglesias' shortcomings. Again, you're paying him $7.5 million to not pitching in the eighth inning.
3: Rysel Iglesias was the most disappointing. Oh, so natally need... emotional about that one. It's not oh, Perry, not Perry Point that out. Not who, Perry
2: Then why are we paying him $8 million to pitch in the sixth inning? All
3: right. So we
1: don't have a whole lot of time on this podcast to go right deep, deep into the. I'm, I just want to point this out about Rysel because I, I watched the whole Mets series just last weekend. Mets Braves, And Rysel pitching that series, series was lights out. And I'm wondering, well, where does stuff go when he was in Anaheim this year? Because he did have a hard time. I don't know that I agree on Jared's point, but he wasn't the same closer this year he was last year. His stuff was not the same for the Angels. And all of a sudden, he gets traded to Atlanta, and his stuff looks great. He had like a point zero three nine or .39 ERA in Atlanta as a seventh inning guy. What Jared's complaining about, why couldn't he pitch here? Well, he did in Atlanta. Just want to point that out. So all right
2: with the lead I know which home. my
1: guy disappointment I don't know if I I don't know if I can call Jared Walsh disappointment because Jared Walsh was a 3rd round brown ish draft 3rd round right 3rd round yep. draft pick you know in my view he's like a Kevin Moss until he preach me differently Kevin Moss came up for the Yankees years ago hit 21 home runs in for 42 games and and after that he pretty much did nothing the rest of his career so you know, flash of the pan is what Jared Walsh could be, not the guy anybody expects to. However, what we continue to expect, and the guy can't stay healthy, is Anthony Rendon getting paid all the cash is getting paid. And even when he was healthy this year, it didn't, wasn't great. And I wonder if he'll ever be decent for the Angels. And that remains to be seen. Well, I guess we'll find out, fingers crossed, next year, unless he gets hurt again, which seems likely. So that's my biggest disappointment because you, you have so much invested in the guy who's never panned out for you. All right. So we got most disappointing. We've got our team MVP. How about, is there? Yes, is there a comeback player of the year for you? The guy who came out here and performed better than, you know, you ever thought he would.
2: Yeah. I, I, I think there is. A, I think Taylor Ward's that guy for me. I think that, Taylor Ward was going into the year, borderline making the team. And, you know, with some injuries and him having to step up, he turned into a really, really good player for the Angels. I mean, yeah, he, there were some times where he had to stay on the roster, even though he was hurt and didn't really get to get his swing back and things like that. But I think we saw early and we saw late that um, he could be a team, he could be a player for this team and, you know, kind of be. What we hoped Walsh was going to be a guy who's going to make this lineup a little bit deeper and and just help this this lineup because it, it's nice the versatility with him as well, but mostly gonna keep him in the outfield. But it's nice that he can play all three outfield spots for sure.
3: Sure. Kyme Berea is kind of that guy for me. Uh, I think we consistently talk about him being that one guy who you might non-tender, that one guy who you might get DFA'd for a couple years coming into this year. And then all of a sudden, he kind of found his spot, bridging those you know short starts, four, five, four innings, five innings, you know, three innings, if that's what it is, into you know the seventh, eighth inning. So I, I, I really like Jaime Bria in that spot moving forward, and I think it, I think it's something that a lot of good teams have. Um, so yeah, Jaime Bria is kind of that guy for me. He pitched really, really well in not high situations, but you know, he when you look at when you look at the numbers, he. Made inning pit innings pitched wise like ten starts almost it felt like, you know eleven starts so I mean, for me Jaime Buri is that the comeback player of the year. So for me, my comeback player of the year,
1: and you, you'll you'll probably shout it down. It was Jose Suarez. A year ago, I'm thinking this guy's done with the club. And I'm not talking like I'm not thinking he was great. I'm not thinking, I'm not even sure if he's on the team next year, but he was a solid back end guy. Would give you five, six innings. His ERA was relatively painless. I mean, didn't have the world's best stuff, but he gave you innings, and he he wasn't getting blown off the ball every time out there. He wasn't he wasn't giving up ten runs in an outing. You never really saw him get get you know get shelled. That's my point, and. Having a solid back end guy and any rotation is good. And I we were going to keep talking about this throughout the offseason. The Angels pitching staff actually wound up all right. It was the lineup that killed them in the end. And so, um, for me, I mean, I almost left Suarez for dead basically, and he and he showed me something this year. So, you yeah, know, ten word two by the way is great. So, how about breakout player? Of the year? So let's come back. How about breakout player? Who's your breakout
3: guy, Jared? Ooh, that's tough for me. Like Levon Soto had a fantastic 50 at-bats. Uh, that was a <laughs> lot of fun. Um, I loved what Matt Thice was able to do when he came up. So I probably, honestly, I think Matt Theis makes the roster out of spring training next year as well, um, especially with the question marks in, uh, in, um, in, uh, in, uh, in, at first base. I, I do think so. And there's also question marks behind the plate. So I'm going to go Matt Theis. I, I really like the swing. I know there's an obvious answer here, but I'll leave it for you guys.
2: Yeah. So for me, breakout player wise, I, I don't want to go the obvious answer either. It, this actually might be the obvious answer, but um, I, I think Reed Detmers was the breakout guy this year. I think um, where he ended last year and kind of where he started this year, it was kind of like, OK, is he is he going to be anything? But I think once we start start using him, start seeing him use the slider a little bit more, um, he turned into a really, really good pitcher for us. And like he's he turned in from a question mark to a staple in the rotation. So I, I think Reed Detmers was the guy. All
1: right. So I want to be honest and say thank you to both of you. Cause I think maybe subconsciously you saved this one for me Um because I've been a, a fan of his for years. The obvious one, the one they're not mentioned is gotta be Luis from Hifo. And um back when the angels traded for him, when I saw him first playing in 2019, I really, really saw something in him. So Um, none of what he did this year surprised me. I was I was thrilled, though. I was really thrilled. Earned a spot in the roster next year for sure. I don't know if he'll ever hit almost 20 home runs again. I don't know about that. But, you know, to me, I mean, talk about one of the last Epler trades that panned out. Well, there you go. There's Renheva who finally got a shot and made good on it. It's a really good, good story, honestly, in terms of a guy finally getting his shot. All right, so we got all right. I, mean, I, I have to address trouty. Okay. Uh, and then I'm not sure if it's, a, if it's an award or not, but trouty, trouty, trouty. How do you all view Mike Trout right now? I'm not this is not this is a not an award. I have to ask this question. It just comes to mind. Was it reevaluating your best this top you know, biggest comeback here? Blah blah blah. All right. Mike Trout multiple times the last couple of years gets hurt has his first season where he hits below 300. I don't know if people realize that. And yet, I mean, there were times this last part of the year where he was unstoppable. How do you evaluate Mike Trout now? That's our name.
2: I still think he's the best hitter in baseball. Uh, I know. I, I know Aaron Judge had a fantastic year, but I think Mike Trout's still the best player in baseball. I think the one question that has to be answered, though, with Mike is – can he play center field every day and i know he still wants to but is it better for the team if he plays left field or right field you know most of the time he's going to have to dh every now and then with the back issues and things like that but if he's able to to play a corner outfield and play 140 to 150 games out there this is a different team i think and so that's kind of the question that i want answered is does Mike still want to play center field? And if so, like, is this like have to play center field or is this, I really would like to play center field. But if you, if you bring in a guy who, you know, is, is a much better center fielder than me and I I have to move to a corner and that means I'm for sure going to play 140, 150 games. I think that's best for this team. So I still think he's the best hitter in the game. It just depends on, is he going to be the best center fielder in the game? That's the question that, that, Needs to be answered.
3: We're the best hitter in the game. He's the best player in the game. Still, uh, it's it's Mike freaking Trout. <laughs> he is who we thought he was. Um, he's going to continue, like he impressed. Yeah, you, you got something.
1: I, I just, I, I question that though. Honestly, and I'm probably going to get people booing me. Uh, uh-huh. I'm not going to apologize for filling, for asking, but what makes him still the best player in the game? He's he's not base run like he used to. He does he, he does have some some problems with higher pitches, higher fastballs now. That was not so obvious earlier in his career. You know, maybe he's, he's pressing, trying to hit one out every time. Maybe that's why. But there, he's
3: not the same guy,
1: statistics-wise anyways, that he was a couple of years ago. So what makes him still, in your view, the best player in the game? I mean,
3: he had a 174 WRC+, plus and his career average is 174. So he was still a very Mike Trout player. Um, just because Shohei Otani's is a God, like he's a, that much, like he's on a different, he's in a different category for me. Cause I mean, you can call Shohei Otani the best player in baseball. It's fine. But Shohei Otani is a different category. Like I, you can't, like, we don't, we're not going to understand this year that he's had. We don't understand the contract Shohei Otani's had. So Mike Trout is still the best player in baseball. Um, he's going to do the exact same thing he did as a, when he was coming up He's going to continue to like impress, impress, impress. Even when he, we think he's going to have bad ears. It's, it's, it's going to be impressive. Just like Mike Trout adjusts better than anybody in baseball. Like you, you, you look at it and you said he's not very good at the high pitch. And yes, he goes after that high pitch. I'm not. I long. didn't say
1: that. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I didn't say that. I said there he were the more problem. holes there this year.
3: Yeah, So he, he's always had the hole, but he knows that it's a hole now. Like how many times, like. He doesn't hit the high fastball anymore. You know, like he, he doesn't go after that pitch very much. We see it every once in a while, but he knows. A simple answer. He's the best adjuster in baseball and to adjust, not just season by season, not just month by month, not just game by game, but like pitch by pitch is just unbelievably remarkable. And that that's why Mike Trout's been the best player in baseball. And that's why he continually will be the best player in baseball. And once, once somebody can adjust like that, not just like I said, year to year, not just, you know, play to play, but pitch to pitch like Mike Trout does, then you'll have the next best player in baseball. And like Aaron judge had a fantastic season this year, but he didn't adjust pitch by pitch, right? He, he jumped all over his pitch. Mike Trout is the best off speed hitter in baseball. He's the best fastball hitter in baseball. He he's Mike Trout. Like he's he can do anything. It's 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 unbelievable. It's remarkable. And if he stays healthy, he probably hits 55 home runs this year. And is probably word, more word, than that.
1: I think I think, exactly. he, I think he and and Aaron Judge have the race of the races this year.
3: Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think we're talking a three-man race for the MVP. And I mean, I still think Mike Trout gets some MVP votes, maybe not first place votes, but with what he did this year, I mean, I think he still finished in the top five in war and wasn't even qualified. I uh, finished what second in home runs in the, in, in the AL. I mean, it was unbelievable. Like the guys still the best player in baseball. I I would
1: say that there are warning bells ringing in the back of my head with him. And has everything to do with that he just hasn't played a full healthy season in a while. I mean, that's my only concern with him. Um, and I you can call it opera pujol syndrome too, by the way. Similar age had that last season where you saw his average dip below 300 with the Cardinals, and then you're like never hit 300 again. So when I look at Trout, those are my concerns, but I, I gotta tell you what how can you not be impressed with how he came off the injured list and hits 40 home runs? I mean, it, it makes you reevaluate even your reevaluations as to where you think Mike Trout is or where he's going to be. So I also wonder well, how does Mike Trout hit if his lineup better? Cause his lineup pretty much sucked. I mean, that was, that was a, yeah, it's a hitters in there, but you had a triple a lineup. A good chunk of the year so that's kind of where i'm at with with trouty and you know thing we want to try and cover today to kind of close things out i guess we need to ask one more question and that is do we feel that that phil nevin deserves that one year i'm going to start with jared
3: i mean does he deserve it probably not but my answer to this will continually be the same you need somebody who's gonna listen not just listen but be able to communicate with perry be able to communicate with everybody um and mike trout even came out and said you know like he stuck up for us he did all these things for us he's you know a, a good manager he knows how to communicate he does he, he does it all you know really well and that's kind of what you look for um as well as somebody who can not necessarily get along with the front office because i think that's been a been an issue you know a lot you know, you look at Mike Sosha, he had some issues with the front office. Uh, you look at Brad Ausmus; you know, maybe he didn't have some issues with the front office. But then Billy leaves, uh, and and then with everything coming out about Joe Madden and such like that, you just you just need a manager that's going to be on the same page as his front office and is going to you know trust that everything you know that the front office does uh, plays out. So, is did he did he deserve it? Probably not, but. I'm not upset about it because I want somebody that, you know, communicates with the front office and, you know, works together with the front office and isn't, you know, pulling back and forth. So. All right. Nate, we're running out of time.
1: One minute. Go.
2: I've been on this train the entire time. He does not deserve this one year contract, but here's the deal with the new owner coming in. He is going to make the decision on who the next GM is. If it's still Perry, if it's not. And then. We, we want everyone to be on the same page. So if the new owner comes in, he hires a baseball ops guy who then hires a new GM. They decide on who the next manager is. I think that's the best way of going about it. The worst thing could be us doing the same thing that we've been doing over and over again, hiring a new manager, getting, you know, bringing in a new owner who brings in a new GM and it's, hey, GM, you have to work with this manager because that's who's here for the next three years. So I, I think that's, not necessarily earned it, but I think he's just kind of going to be a placeholder until the new ownership group comes in and makes that final decision for everyone.
1: Um, and my quick view is it just tells me that they're selling the team. I mean, if there's everything's just kind of staying neutral until they get that settled. that's why they gave him the deal. That's how I view it. Deserve it. I don't, I didn't see enough, but who am I? Last thing, then we're out of here. Real quick, World Series, who you got? Who's going? Who's going to win? Jared, go. Padres. Who? Padres. You're taking the Padres? I don't know. Nate? Mets. He says Mets. I say Braves. No one's taking
2: Dodgers? No. I don't have enough pitching. First time I could ever say that. Not built.
1: All right. So there you go. We're out of here. Before we go, Jared underscore Tim's on Twitter, Nate Green 34, DC Apollo. Don't forget to talk and handle this tag. And remember to check us out anywhere podcasts are found. And also, of course, subscribe on YouTube. In the meantime, see you later. We're out of here. <laughs>